Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. pray more is what we're going to kind of look at. Our series was actually this idea of Dear Me and letters to your younger self. Uh, In this last year, I was doing a funeral for someone and it was an elderly gentleman who had passed away and I thought it was so cool. One of the things that he did uh, in in his later years had written a letter to his younger self. And I later found out that's a thing that's kind of going around right now on the internet, like, like this kind of idea of writing to your younger self. It was the first time I ever saw it. And so he'd written a letter to like his 20-year-old self, and, and with it, he kind of passed on all the wisdom of his age. And, you know, some areas that he said, you know, dear 20-year-old, don't, don't spend your time doing that or, or invest your time doing this. And he just kind of had the wisdom there. And... Um, at his funeral, they actually had made photocopies for all the grandkids, and I thought, how cool is that, you know, to glean wisdom? And then I started thinking to myself, what would I tell my 16-year-old self right now, or, or what would I tell my 20-year-old self right now? And, and there'd, be, there'd be things that I've learned along the way, and I'm sure when I get to, you know, in my 60s or whatever, I would kind of look at and say, Jason, you know, you're a 39-year-old self, do it different. But how do we glean wisdom? How do we glean wisdom over our lives? The book of Ephesians, it says to try and live our days uh, as wise, not as unwise. And, and how do we live our lives lived out with that kind of wisdom? So we started this series and we said, you know what, dear younger self. And as I interviewed a number of you in the church family and I said, what would you, you know, some of you who are older, what would you say to your younger self? And, and I got back very similar responses from a number of people. And the first week we looked at, I would invest more in relationships. You know, dear younger self, invest more in your relationships. Pour into those. Uh, last week we looked at, I would be more thankful and more content with things in life and not striving all the time, but instead live with a contentment over my life. And this morning, I want to look at this idea of, dear younger self, worry less in your life. So many things that were like huge worries. I think back to, you know, my 16-year-old self and, and the things that consumed and, and the things I was worried about in the big scheme of things. I'm like, oh, why did you waste so much energy worrying about those things? The word for worry in, uh, in Scripture, in the Greek, is merismo, and it just means to literally be pulled apart. And worry is this thing that just pulls us in so many directions. Well, before we get into God's Word this morning, we always get you talking a little bit and connecting. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up with, a, they did a recent study, uh, 20,000 North Americans they interviewed, and they said, what are the 20 things that people worry about most in a given week or weeks. What's the 20 things people worry about most? Go ahead. Okay, time's up, time's up. Okay, see how you did on our top 20 things people worry about most? Uh, Number 20, they're worried about the area that they live, crime levels, all that kind of stuff, and so nervous about, you know, crime and that. Number 19, their pet's health. Uh, Number 18, uh, if my dress sense is good, and I don't have any worries in that. De- 
Or maybe I should worry in that department a lot more. I don't know. Uh, number 17, meeting your work targets or goals. Uh, number our school targets and goals. Number 16, whether I'm a good parent, raising the right kids. Number 15, uh, you worry about a friend or family member that you've had a fight or a falling out with. Number 14, whether I'll find the right partner or whether my current partner is the right partner. Uh, number 13, whether my partner still loves me. Number 12, whether or not I'm attractive. Number 11, I need to find a new job. Uh, number 10, I seem to be generally unhappy. People worry and th think, am I, am I the only one like this? Uh, number nine, paying the rent or mortgage. Uh, number eight, worried about your physique. No worries here. <laughs> Round is a good physique. Um, number seven, wrinkles or aging appearance. Uh, number six, job security. Number five, financial or credit card debt. Number four, my diet. Number three, low energy levels. Number two, worried about savings or financial future, and number one worry, getting old in general. Okay, so tally up how you did on our little uh, quiz this morning. How many people got at least two of those? How many people got five? Anyone get five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve? How many did you guys get? 16. Give them a hand, everybody, this morning. They're either the most worried table or the most carefree table in the house. So as you're talking this morning about worry, here's what I, I'm going to have you do. Just uh, talk about this one thing. And uh, just as you do, we're going to be coming around with a few little um, uh, take-homes. And so I'll tell you what to do with these in a second. But here's what I want you to do. Uh, talk at your table. What's one thing that we can do uh, to, to help people who are worrying? How can you encourage people who are worried about everything to kind of get through that? So talk about that at your table, go ahead. What can a person do to help themselves when they worry? Someone once said that uh, worry should be defined, and I thought this was kind of a, a good description of worry. It's a small trickle of fear that meanders through one's mind until it cuts a channel through your mind where all the rest of your thoughts are drained into. And you see, you know, like a river that kind of runs through it, or if you've walked through the Grand Canyon, you know, and you, you see that, you know, it started like a little trickle and then <laughs> over time. And, and similarly in our lives, I believe worry is like, it does that in our mind where it, and eventually all of our thoughts start to drain into that and, and just get sucked into that. And worry can kind of overcome us. Worry can kind of take over all of our thoughts and just whoosh, suck us right into that. Well, just uh, as you're getting a little um, piece of fabric at each of your tables, uh, here's what I want you to do with this. Um, you ever get tied up in knots of over worry? And quite literally, like, you literally, like, you, you get ill or you get, you know, kind of that feeling. I remember when I was a kid, I've, I've shared with this before, I used to be super, super nervous of public speaking. And public speaking would, and it's kind of ironic that God uses me now, you know, and I speak every week uh, as part of my gig, but it's amazing what God, you know, does. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to get so nervous. You'd, you remember those speeches you had to do at school? You know, you had to put the little cue cards together, and, you know, it's three, three to five minutes long. You'd stand in front of the class, and 
I did my speech one year on snowmobiles, and I did my speech one year on forestry. And, and I remember the, those weeks leading up to that speech, I would get so in knots and so worried about that three to five minutes. I would get so overwhelmed that I'd actually get physically sick. Like I would, my stomach, I'd literally get sick because worry would take over in knots. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to take a minute, and just before we look into God's Word, I want you to take a minute and pray this morning. And as you do, I want you to pray about maybe there's a couple things that you've been worried about this week. Some things that have maybe, maybe they have been five alarm worries, or maybe they've been one alarm worries, but but some things that have maybe got you in knots and you've worried. And here's what I want you to do. For each of those things, I want you to kind of tie a knot it, now, not like a super Boy Scout knot, but just a nice, easy knot in this uh, this morning. And just say, okay, here's some things I'm worried about. So just take a minute, just in quietness this morning, just by yourself, just, just say, okay, Lord, what are some things that maybe I'm worried about this week? Worry in our lives. It can get us in knots. So many things that we worry about. Um, actually, a study, Cleveland Clinic, who does a lot of like neurology kind of work, and, and they were looking at... Um, uh, worry, and now I know that you can get stats to say whatever you want them to say, but, but they were talking about actual worries that people have, and they discovered this, that they would say that 85% of all things that people worry about never actually come to pass. Mark Twain, he said, I've worried about so many things in my life that have never happened, and so many of us, 85%, eight. 80% of the things that you worry about never comes to pass. They went on to say 30% of all those worries that we, we would have in our lives are about past decisions that we can't change anyways. They would say another 12% focus on criticism from people that we don't care at all about. And that's kind of interesting that, you know, we let those people that we don't even give a rip about in our lives, they, they, they let us tie them in knots and get worried. 10% are related to our health, which is interesting because worry actually makes your health worse, not better. Worry in our lives. I remember uh, I used to take this lady to town, and, and she was like a worry wart to the highest like, degree of worrydom. And she would, um, I'd bring her into town. She would, she'd be so afraid to go out of her house. And the worry had held her back, and she, she started having neurotic thoughts because worry had just crept in, you know? And so I remember taking her to town, and she actually thought we were, we were Carl and I were going into town, and uh, we were walking to one store, and she tried to put her hands over Carl and I's mouth, and we're like, what are you doing? And she's like, look. And there's like this airplane above us, and you know the contrails from an airplane when you see those in the sky sometimes? She's like, the government's trying to poison you. That's what they release their poison into the air with. And she's like, don't breathe it in. And she's like, I'm so worried. We need to go home right now. And I was like, stop it. You know, like, stop it. You don't need to worry about this. And she was convinced. And so many times, like, that's the high end of extreme. But there's little things that we worry so much about, and it binds us, and it holds us back in our lives. Worry. I want to look at a passage of Scripture, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me to Mark chapter 4. And we read this story, and we've been singing this song a little bit about uh, he knows the name, uh, the wind and the waves still know his name, and, and it's been rolling around, so I wanted to preach on this passage for a while now. And this story, Mark chapter 4, we read of Jesus in the storm. 
And so just to give the context of what's going on, Jesus and his disciples have been ministering. They've been, it's been a hard day of ministering. In fact, they've been going all day, morning till night. They're tired. They're worn out. And the only way to get away from the crowd is Jesus says, okay, let's jump in the boat and we're going to sail across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, understand, this is not a huge, you hear the word sea and you think massive expanse. It's really only about 12 miles across at this point that they're going across. 12 miles is not super long. The, it's below sea level is where this, this sea is. Not a ton, not like the Dead Sea, but it's below sea level. And so therefore, it's susceptible to huge storms coming in. There's a ridge of a mountain range on either side, and the wind would come down, whoosh, and it would cause these massive storms. Now, the boat's not a huge boat. It's interesting. Archaeologists just found, uh, it's actually two years ago, they just found uh, a fishing boat from 2,000 years ago, Jesus' time frame, that uh, was stuck in the mud in the Dead Sea. And so they have an idea of how big the boat is. And, you know, it's, we're talking like a 15-footer boat, not a huge boat. And so they're in this boat, and there's a small hall that could fit two or three people in below on the boat. And here it says this crazy storm. Now remember, Jesus has led the disciples here. And this crazy storm comes up. You ever been in a bad storm before? Carl and I, we had this Typhoon 10 one time when we lived in Hong Kong, and, and it was like, it was crazy. You, you know, you get those storms. It, this is a bad storm that comes up. And you saw those pictures last week from the hurricanes around, and, and just crazy storm. And they, they were fearful unto death. They were freaking out. They were panic mode, full-on worry mode, full-on, like, we're going to die. And they were running around, and they're, they're panicking. And then they go to find, and this, I love this story. It's all about contrast. And so there we see Jesus, as they're freaking out, they go down and Jesus is asleep. And it says that he's got a pillow there and he's asleep down in the boat. Now, I, I can sleep through anything. My wife, on the other hand, she's up instantly and she's like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and, you know, it could be a mosquito on the wall in the other room and she's heard it, you know what I mean? And she's awake. But I'm like dead to the world. And so Jesus, it says that he wakes up. And there are words to Jesus. And it's interesting because I think sometimes this is our response to, to, to the Lord. They cry out to Jesus and says, don't you care that we're about to die? Don't you care that we're going to drown? And so many times we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care about my hard situation? Don't you care about what's going on? Don't you care, Jesus? And Jesus in his graciousness, guys, you have little faith. And in the wind and the waves and the chaos, and he gets up and he says, peace, be still. And it goes to glass in an instant. And it says to the disciples, whoa. Peace in the midst of the storm. Worry that can overtake, worry that can, that, that can paralyze and cripple our lives. Listen to what Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus gives this whole uh, kind of sermon on worry. And I want to read the whole thing. It's a bit long uh, this morning, but, but follow with me. Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting in verse um, 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or your drink or your body or what you'll wear. It's kind of interesting that those are still, you know, still the most common worries that we have today. 
Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Don't they, they don't reap or they don't sow or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by adding a sing, by worrying add a single hour to your life? That's a good question to always ask yourself. Can I add a single hour to my days by worrying about this, by freaking out? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed, not dressed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow in the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you a little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows what you need. Therefore, or pardon me, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow's worries worry about themselves. Worry about today. Concentrate on what he has for you. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. This is uh, the Apostle Paul, and he's right, it's interesting that he writes this from prison where he's been falsely accused, he's been beaten, and he's been thrown in jail, and he writes to the church of Philippi, if anyone had a moment to worry, it could be him. And he writes to them, he says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then listen to this, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, another translation would put it, and transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't let yourself get in a knot. Don't let yourself get so consumed, but instead give it to the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You can give all of that. You don't need to carry that. Give that to him. Psalm 29, 11 says, the Lord gives strength to his people. He blesses his people with peace. The blessing of God, when we come before God, that he, he guarantees and he says, I'm gonna bless you with this gift of peace over your life. You don't need to carry it. You don't need to worry about it. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In other words, when we keep our, our focus on him, the guarantee is that he gives peace over our lives. Have you let yourself get get into knots? Have you let yourself get so worried about things and consumed by things that it's, let, it's taken over? Your future self would write to you now and say, you know what? Worry less. Worry less. Pray more. Trust in him. How do we do that this morning? How do we worry less? I want to give you a couple things uh, that I see from this story. Firstly, if we're going to worry less, number one is we need to stay close to Jesus. It was interesting that they're in this panic moment and Jesus is in the bottom of the boat. What would have happened if they would have just, when they started freaking out, if they just would have went down before they, they got into full five alarm fire mode, if they would have just went down and said, hey, Jesus, what's going on with the storm? Hey, Jesus, you know, and his presence changes everything. If he was just there and, and, and talking with Jesus, looking into Jesus' eyes, not that Rob's Jesus this morning, but hey, he's, he's pretty awesome. It would have just, here's what I've found in my life, that the closer my proximity is to Christ, 
the less I need to worry and the less I need to be freaking out about things. That when I stay close to Jesus, when I get real close to him and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I understand that Jesus, he doesn't forsake us. His promise to me is that he's never going to forsake us. I understand that there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. That when I look to him, even the wind and the waves, listen, nothing is too difficult. And when we look to our Lord, when we put our trust in him, Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say then in all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Understand that God has a great plan in store for our lives. It says that he numbers the days of our lives, each one of them ordained. Are you looking to Jesus? See, I think it's a continual thing. They'd just seen Jesus do miracles just hours before, but yet they got into panic mode and worry mode. My son Caleb... Um, couple weeks ago, got a note home from the school saying that he had to get some immunization shots. He was really impressed about that note. <laughs> and they were going to do it at the school. And so he's like, Dad, I can't do it at the school. Like, what if I freak out? What if I cry and my friends are there? This is, life would be over. And so he's like, so we booked an appointment at the doctor's and, and to go to the doctor's office. And it brought me back to, you know, when he was a kid. And I remember going, to the, to the doctor's office to get some needles. And, and he wasn't a real fan then of getting needles, and he's not a real fan now. But I remember when the doctor brings the needle out, and he would just stare at that, and <laughs> he would just lose it. You know, he'd just like, you'd see that needle, and he'd, no! And I'd actually have to physically take him. I'd say, look at me, son. He'd say, okay. And then he'd look at the needle right away, and he'd freak out. And I'm like, no, no, look at me. Look at my eyes. Look at me. And he'd, no, no. And I'd actually physically, like, grab his face, and I'd say, okay, look at me. Look into my eyes. You're going to be okay. And when he'd look at me, and the doctor would come in with the needle, then it wasn't so bad. But when he'd look at the needle, and so many times in our lives, that's right. <laughs> We're looking at the needle too often. So many times the disciples are there and they're looking at the storm and they're freaking out. Jesus, don't you care? But if they would have just went down and they looked into his eyes and realized that he's not afraid, that he's got it under control, that there's no need for panic right now. Stay close to Jesus. And just like that immunization is going to help Caleb in the long run and it'll be good for him, sometimes we have to go through some moments of the needles of life. Look into his eyes. Stay focused on him. Stay close to Jesus, number one. Secondly, declare over your life that worry doesn't work. The more you get yourself in knots, it, it, just, it, just, it just holds you back. It actually it kills your, your creative self inside of you. It just pulls away. The disciples, the more they worried, nothing greater got accomplished with their worry. And I want to tell you over your life that worry is unhelpful. It can't change the past. It can't control the future. It only makes you more miserable today. Worrying about a problem never, ever, ever, ever solves the problem. So you need to declare it over your life. And you need to begin to understand, okay, Jason, 
where he doesn't work. And over your life, begin to tell yourself. And it's a constant thing. It's a regular thing over your life. You ever have these things that you just, you worry over and it just, it doesn't produce anything positive? Last week, I had to drive somebody to the airport early in the morning. And so I had the alarm clock set at uh, like four o'clock in the morning. And I don't know about you, maybe you're an early riser, but the fact that you're in the 10 o'clock service versus the 8.30 probably says, no, you're not. <laughs> but so they, uh, I had the alarm clock and I set it there. And, and I don't know if you've ever done this. Maybe I'm the only crazy person that's like this. But, you know, I set the alarm clock and then I went to bed. And, and like an hour after I went to bed, I looked over. Oh, is the alarm clock set? Is it right? What time is it? And then like another hour goes by and you're sleeping. Then I wake up again. I'm like, oh, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Oh, I don't. And then another hour goes by and then I wake up again. And, and then eventually when the alarm clock went off at four o'clock in the morning, I was already awake and I was staring at the alarm clock waiting. And I'm like, how stupid is this? I'm so worried about it not working that I actually defeated the whole point of the alarm clock. And then I was tired for the next day. And I had to say, Jason, worry doesn't work. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't make anything better. It doesn't make anything work better. It doesn't make the problem solved. And I want to tell you in your life, worry doesn't work. You need to declare it. Sometimes you need to even say it over your life. It doesn't work. And tell yourself, self, what would have happened if the disciples would have said this? It says in Matthew 6:34, as we read, so don't be anxious about tomorrow, for God will take care of tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. Stay close to Jesus. Declare worry doesn't work. And then third this morning, focus on fixing. Sometimes we can spend so much energy and we can get so consumed with worrying about things that we don't actually address the problems at hand. We don't actually focus on the thing that we need to focus on. We don't actually focus on the problem there because we're so consumed with the worry. You know, it's interesting in this passage, the disciples, they didn't do anything about the fact that the boat was being flooded. There's no, there's no sign of them saying, okay, let's bail some water out of this thing. You know, it's 12 miles, and they were already partway across. They probably only had six miles to go. They could have rode that sucker over to the other side, but instead they just ran around freaking out, panicking. I've met so many people that they're so worried about everything that they don't actually take on the problem at hand and do anything about the one thing that they could do something about. In your life, every time you get concerned or worried like that, it's an opportunity to say, okay, what can I do today? What can I do at this moment right now to address the problem? How can I get creative? Someone said that worry is the misuse of our imagination. And I would believe that the people who are the most creative people, the enemy attacks them the most in the area of worry because he knows that he paralyzes their God-given purpose when they worry. What can you focus on fixing? A few months ago, it was actually February 14th, Valentine's Day. And I remember this because I was going to play hockey on Valentine's Day night. Maybe this is the Lord smiting me for doing that. I don't know. 
but I was pulling onto the uh, 403 right at Waterdown Road there, and I was just going to get on the highway, and just, you know, as I, as I was pulling on that on-ramp, you know, the GO station's right there if you've been there, and so I was just pulling on, and, and this deer came out. And you know, you've heard the proverbial deer in headlights? It's true. And the deer was there, and the deer, you know, has a choice, left or right. Either way is good. And as I slam on the brakes, and I don't know which way to go, the deer just stays there. Ba-boom. Not so good. Some of us are like that. That the problems at hand have made us like a deer in headlights, and we've been frozen, we've been paralyzed, we've been stuck. Some of you, it's like your feet are in cement and you can't seem to move anywhere because you've been so worried about this and that and everything. Well, what do they think if I do this? And what will happen to my job? Or what if this? Or what if that? What would happen if you just made a motion? A step of faith. What would happen if you just said, okay, Lord, you're in the boat, so I'll do whatever I can to, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on working towards this. Corey Ten Boom says, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. I think it's so true. It doesn't take away the sorrow of tomorrow or the challenge, but it pulls the strength away to, from today. Focus on fixing and say, okay, Lord, what can I do? Stay close to Jesus. Declare worry doesn't work. Focus on fixing. And then finally, this morning, turn our worries into prayers. Worries will come up. We're all going to have them. But what would happen if you decided to take all of those worries and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to take you at your word, and your word says that we can give them all to you. We don't have to be anxious about anything. But, Lord, your, your burden, your weight is easy. It's not difficult. So, Lord, I'm going to give it to you because you say that you can carry it, God. I'm going to trust you in this, God, and I'm going to give over my worries to you. See, when we remind ourselves in prayer, starts with this, consider your worth to God. Jesus, in this passage, as he's teaching on worry, he said, consider the birds. Like, how beautiful are those birds and amazing are those birds? He said, I care infinitely more about you than even those. That actually I've called you sons and daughters, that you're co-heirs with Christ. Consider the, the, the flowers in the field and how pretty and how wonderful those are. They're here today, gone tomorrow. How much more do I care about you? Consider your worth. That God loves you with an undying, infinite love. That he calls you sons and daughters of the king. That you're adopted, co-heirs with Christ. And when we begin to think through that, Understand that God's ordained our days for us. Psalm 139 says, Before one of them came to be, you wrote them in your book. You know the beginning and the end, and we can trust him in that. And as long as we have breath, we have purpose in this world. And so, Lord, I'm going to give this over to you. And when we surrender to him, it changes. The more you pray, the less you'll panic. The more you worship, the less you'll worry. The more you you're patient, the less you'll be pressured. The more you pray, the less you'll panic. The more you worship, the less you'll worry. I remember back um, 
And this week, Nancy, with her news, took, took me back to seven years ago. And I remember the phone call from my wife, Carla. And for those of you who don't know Carla, she's leading worship this morning. And, and she was at home that morning and with the kids, and they were young. And, and um, the call from the doctor's office. And some of you have had those calls. You know what that's like. And she called me in a full panic mode, like just, oh. You know, in the news of a brain tumor that is inoperable and they can't do anything about it. And it's like, oh, Lord. And I remember the first few months when, we, when Carla got diagnosed and the prognosis, you know, and they give you a timeline. And we've long since surpassed their timeline, praise God. But as you do each journey of the day, and, and I remember that we would go, and Carla would go for MRIs all the time. And so, you know, you'd have this month leading up to the MRI, and, and as, as you waited for it, and you waited for it, you know, and you just, you know, just that worry would kind of get there. And then you get it, and then you wait for the, for the doctor's appointment afterwards, and you worry, 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 worry. And Carla said, finally, can you guys do anything about this? And they said, No. Well, it's in Jesus' hands kind of now then. So she's like, okay, let's not put ourselves through that all the time. My wife is incredibly strong, like incredibly strong. And she constantly is the one that says, okay, you know, and I'll get overwhelmed sometimes and start to worry about things, and she'll just say, let's, let's pray about it. And then there's moments when it's not good for her too, and She'll have headaches for five or six days in a row, and you start to say, okay, is this the, is this the moment, you know? And I'll have to encourage her sometimes, and we say, okay, let's look to Jesus. You know, and life isn't always easy, and there's always going to be storms, and, and we all have different things. We all have different stuff, and, and, and you all have those things that, that are the worries that can kind of just be that weight I want to tell you, the more I pray, the less I panic. The more I worship, the less worried I get. It's just the way it works. And the disciples that day, they had a storm on their hands. They had a storm unto death on their hands. But there's something about when you look in Jesus' eyes and you say, okay, he's in charge. The wind and the waves still know his name. And saints this morning... The wind and the waves still know his name. And whatever you're facing today, I want to tell you with 100% conviction in my heart, he's strong enough. He's big enough. We can trust in him. So today, back to the knots. I don't know what your knots are this morning. But here's what I know, that when we, when we trust in him and put our hope in him, he is able. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment, and we're just going to close off this service, and we're just going to take a moment to pray. And this morning as we do, could you just, before the Lord, just, just, just give it over to him and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with it. And so here's what I want you to do as an act of faith and as we pray. Maybe as you give that thing to the Lord, you can 
undo that knot and just release that to him and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you worry about this, God, because I don't need to worry about it. Your word says that you're big enough and strong enough. And so as Carlo comes to play this morning, I just want, I want to put our trust in him. And so can we just take a moment and pray this morning? Mighty God, we just, we give you the knots this morning, God. We give you those worries in our lives, Lord, those things that have, have overtaken, those things that are just, they've got us in knots, Lord, whether they're real or whether they're just perceived things to worry about. Lord, we, we give them to you this morning and we trust you in them, Lord. God, we trust that the wind and the waves still know your name. We trust that nothing we can face, Lord, you're not there with us. We trust that, God, you are all-powerful, God, and that your plans for us are great. And so, Lord, remind us of that again when we begin to worry. Remind us of that this morning, Lord, when we begin to fret, when we begin to freak out. God, we give it to you today. You are able, oh God, and we trust in you. In your name, amen. This morning as you go, put your trust in him. Here's my homework for you this week. Each night, just as you begin to, or during the day, maybe as worries come, you can just tie a knot. And then each night, just take a moment and pray. And it's a regular thing. It's not a one-time thing usually with worries. It's an ongoing. And just as you undo that, just give it to the Lord and say, God, help me to trust you in it. Help me to trust you today. Thanks for being with us this morning. If you'd like prayer, there's going to be some prayer leaders across the front. I know it's the three sessions. And so uh, just as you go this morning, if you go through the side door and up the stairs, there's a bountiful breakfast prepared for you. Uh, so there's uh, sausage and French toast and great goodness. And so through the side door, just make your way upstairs. You can have breakfast up there this morning. And uh, thanks for being with us. Go in the grace let the peace of God, which transcends understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you'd like prayer, there's going to be prayer leaders across the front this morning. Be blessed as you go, folks. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.